You are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thank you for joining us on a Tuesday edition of the show. Hope you guys' week is off to a great start. A lot to get to on a Tuesday. The Big 12 has rendered their verdict. They are going with a nine-conference game plus one model. What does that mean for BYU football? We'll talk about that. We'll also examine BYU football as they officially get on the field today for the first time to practice as a team for fall camp. How long might they go here? We'll examine that as well as catching up on the latest in the player countdown series and pretty much everything else we can think of in BYU sports land. So a lot to get to on a Tuesday edition of the show. It's brought to you today by our good friends at Biomat USA in Orem. We'll tell you a little bit about them later on in today's show. With that rundown out of the way, let's get it started here. This This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for August 4th, 2020. What's up, friends? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for The Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to download your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars with us here. Our aim here is to be the best place for you to talk all things BYU sports and podcast form each and every day, as well as passing along insider information about the Cougars that you will not find anywhere else. So a big thank you in advance. Hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening in from, so that way you never miss an episode of this show. A lot to get to on a Tuesday, but the good news is, is my equipment is fixed. So the weekend uh, snafu that really had me down and out and down on my luck has been abated. Hopefully going forward, we have no more interruptions like that. It was tough not to do a podcast for, what, over two days? And regardless, a big thank you for your support of the podcast nonetheless. Kicking off today's show, let's talk about the latest with the Big 12. Last night, the Big 12 issued their statement about what they are going to be doing with the upcoming season. Here's the rundown of what they're doing. They will play nine conference games. Of course, they play a round-robin schedule with a 10-team conference as it stands in regular times, but they have added one non-conference game. The way they have structured things is they have not determined a start date for the football season. It looks like mid to late September, similar to the format that both the Pac-12 and the SEC have taken. Both of those conferences have announced they're going to start on September 26th. The Big 12 is actually leaving the door open for an earlier start maybe as early as uh, September 16th, I believe is what some people were saying, but we'll see what happens. The one, the plus one conference model for the Big 12 also follows the format of the ACC. Their non-conference games have to be home games for those Big 12 teams. So that means if BYU is going to play a Big 12 team, they will have to travel to Big 12 country to take on those programs. Interesting note from last night is a lot of people reached out uh, talking about the fact that, hey, BYU could really be screwed here because there's other G5 programs and FCS teams who already have dates scheduled with Big 12 programs. That is true, but if ESPN gets involved, if the athletic directors from respective universities get involved, very easily things can be worked out where a buyout is paid and part of it is to get BYU onto the schedule. Dennis Dodd, one of the most well-respected college football writers out there, tweeted out on social media last night that at least one non-conference game for a Big 12 team is actually going to come from outside their current slate of games. They're actually working on contracting a brand new game. Is that the rumored BYU versus Oklahoma State game to kick off the season? I don't know. 
Uh, yesterday, the Tulsa World saying that BYU Oklahoma State in Stillwater for September 3rd at that point was on the books and could happen as soon as the Big 12 announced what they were going to do. But it sounds like that they are moving things back uh, to move it to mid-September to late September. How does this affect BYU and the preparations for the coming season? I don't know because teams like Oklahoma who actually had games scheduled for August 29th, the quote-unquote week zero, have already started their fall camps as well. Is the NCAA going to let them go for 30 days and say, now you've had your fun, you guys need to back off and get ready for the season once again without practicing? I don't know how that's going to be handled. Everything I know about BYU football right now is they're taking things very much on a day-by-day basis. I was told by somebody inside the program that the funny part about this is BYU will get on the field today for the first day of practices, but they actually only have this week in terms of schedules for practices. They only have one week planned. I think that's smart on their part. They're not going to try and set in stone something that they can't uh, go back on or change or alter or format. They want to make sure that they can adapt to whatever is going on with the current circumstances. There are multiple programs around the country who've had to shut down workouts due to the COVID-19 pandemic. I'll tell you this much, BYU had a miniature shutdown of their own to use that term if you want to use it. The, the, the mid-July break that they normally take for coaches to go on vacation, players can have some time off. Well, guess what? That was actually a convenient time for BYU to say, you know what, everybody get away from the facility, stop uh, working out together, let's get away from each other, let things die down in terms of the COVID-19 pandemic, and then we'll get back together here in August and get things going, and that's exactly what they're doing. They'll be on the field practicing for, for the first time today. BYU, in terms of media availability, if you guys haven't heard, all of the media availability this fall, this fall camp at least, will be done via Zoom. So all done remotely. We will have no access as a media conglomerate or media, what do we call ourselves, a faction? I don't know what we call ourselves, but the media that covers BYU will not have access to go cover practice in person. That sucks. I freely admit that. But the nice part is we have our Cougar insiders, our, our practice insiders, who you guys that have been longtime listeners know about, that are my eyes and ears down there in Provo when the media is not allowed. They pass me along tidbits of information, and I'll be sure to pass them along to you as soon as I get them. So we will still have our insider coverage of BYU in fall camp. Just won't be the in-person situation where we're covering the team in person. And like I said, that, that kind of sucks because I like being there in person, interacting with the players. You get nuggets of information when you're talking to guys off to the side, that type of stuff. That's not going to happen this year. And the sad part is, I don't expect us to ever go back to the normal. I would like it to be, but hey, knowing how sports information works and uh, media relations officials, the fact that they can keep us at an arm's length, speaking of us as quote unquote, the media, they're absolutely going to do it. Zoom conferences are probably here to stay for media availability, as sad as it is to say, but I will hope that I am wrong about that. But you know, you know what they say, prepare for the worst and hope for the best. So we'll be covering it for you guys regardless, having a lot of fun. We'll have, of course, reaction after media availability today, scheduled for 1230-ish, 1245-ish. We'll have uh, it on the podcast tomorrow, catching up on everything we hear from practice today. Also letting you guys hear from Kalani Sitake, players who come out for that Zoom conference. We'll have all of it for you covered on tomorrow's podcast. So a lot of fun regardless. We're still having a great time covering the Cougars and we will continue to do so and hopefully those will be along for the ride all fall camp long. 
All right, coming up here in just a second, we're talking a little bit more in depth about BYU and fall camp. What does it mean for them as they get ready for the coming season? Well, we'll talk about some of the tidbits, some of the questions that need to be answered for BYU football. Some of you weighing in on social media. We'll get to all of that here in just a second. Our good friends at Biomat USA are our title sponsor on today's podcast. You guys have heard me talk about this company, and they are looking for donations of plasma. They need them. They need you guys to go in and donate that plasma because it is a critical thing that is needed right now to help out your fellow man. Everything that plasma goes into, it goes into life-saving medical technology, life-saving treatments. It helps your fellow man out with a myriad of different maladies or diseases. Plasma is one of the things that these companies need. And guess what? Biomat USA is asking for it right now. The best part about it all with Biomat USA, you donate that plasma, you're also getting paid in return. You're going to get money put into your pocket by our good friends at Biomat USA. The more you donate in a month, the more money you can make. It's a great way to put some extra cash in your pocket while also helping out your fellow men. Additionally, Right now, the parent company of Biomat USA, Griffles, is actually on the forefront of looking into what they call convalescent plasma and how it can be used to treat the COVID-19 virus. Obviously, none of us want to get this virus. Thousands of people, what are we, over 153,000 in the United States have passed away from this virus. It's an awful, insidious disease. But those of you who have recovered from this disease, your plasma is needed to look into how that plasma might be able to uh, be used to fight this virus. Whether the antibodies in it can become part of the future vaccine we all hope to have. Regardless, it's it, they need your plasma donations, especially if you've recovered from COVID-19 or you suspect you had COVID-19, maybe weren't diagnosed, but they can look in to see if you had the antibodies in there that can help them out. Best part about it all, you're getting paid for all of your donations at Biomat USA. So feel free to stop by 349 East University Parkway in Orem, right across the street from the University Park University Parkway Mall, University Mall, excuse me, right next to the Sizzler there. If you know where the Big Five Sporting Goods uh, department store is at, it's right there in that vicinity. It's easy to find. You guys know where I'm talking about. If you've traveled to a BYU game near Lavelle Edwards Stadium, it's just up the street. So stop on by. They'd be happy to take your donations. They're open from the early morning to the late evenings, Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. open to 8.30 p.m. close. Saturdays open at 7 a.m. through 5 p.m. on Saturdays closed on Sunday. Feel free to stop by. Let them know that Locked On Cougars sent you. When you do stop by, put that extra money in your pocket and also help out your fellow man in the process. If you have more questions about what's going on with Griffles or Biomat USA, feel free to call them as well. Their phone number, 801-235-9800. That's Biomat USA. Check them out. 349 East University Parkway in Orem. Give them a call if you so desire. 801-235-9800. That's Biomat USA, a proud partner with us here. On Locked On Cougars. It is your guys' time to shine here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. I threw it out on social media, on Facebook, also on Twitter. You can follow the show at Locked On Cougars on both of those websites. Also, check us out on Instagram, having some fun over there. Probably don't post as much as I should on Instagram, but I'm trying to get better at it. Hopefully, you guys will enjoy some of the content coming up. So make sure to follow the show on all three platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search out Locked On Cougars. Really easy to find. Uh, but you guys weighed in with your thoughts. I threw out the question, with BYU opening fall camp today in earnest, of course, getting on the field for the first time to practice, 
what do you want to see from BYU football? Well, some of you weighed in. Our good friend Joey Durborough, he said, what opponents can we see to get... What, excuse me. What opponents can we get, excuse me, to save our season from getting canceled? Well, Joey, I can tell you this much. The season is not getting canceled. BYU will do everything under the sun outside of the government saying you will not play football this fall or ever to uh, play a season. The bottom line, the money that comes in from college football is is much needed and BYU is no exception. So I think that you're going to look at the Big 12. I saw somebody tweet out that Texas Tech, Kansas, as well as TCU fit the bill for what BYU might be able to travel to those respective programs and play games at their home stadiums. Obviously, uh, the history with TCU from their days in the Mountain West Conference, even extending back to the 16-team WAC, would be fun there. Kansas is a team I'm not sure BYU's played recently, but some storylines there with Les Miles leading the Jayhawks. The interesting one would be Texas Tech. Former Utah State coach Matt Wells, the head coach out there in Lubbock, obviously has ties to the state of Utah, having played quarterback for the Aggies and coached them for a number of years before getting the job at Texas Tech. Have some fun storylines there. And obviously the rumors out there about Oklahoma State. So there are four potential Big 12 teams out there that BYU could contract a game with. As it stands, BYU's got six games on the books right now. Of course, if they're going to play 10 games pretty much across the sport, I know the Sunbelt said, we're planning on playing 12 games. Yeah, good luck, Sunbelt Conference. You let us know how that goes for you. But I think BYU should be gunning for 10 games. If they can pick up one or two games from another, maybe a couple of Mountain West teams, some teams from the American Athletic Conference, if those are unable to go, maybe you reach down to the MAC. Uh, reach out to the Sunbelt Conference USA. You pick up a couple of G5 games and maybe two uh, Big 12 games, and then you have your 10-game slate right there. I still expect those to be some moving around of dates for BYU football with the games, etc. But at the Cougars at this point, you're grasping at straws because it's not looking promising for a number of Power 5 games on your schedule. I think at best, probably at this point, you get one, maybe two games from the Big 12, and maybe you call up the ACC, and maybe you can snag a game from them as well. I don't know what to say about what teams from the ACC could help BYU out, but you'd be traveling. There's no doubt about that. There's no Power 5 team coming to Provo this fall. That is very clear, it appears, as it stands. Uh, Clint Fairborn on Facebook as well saying, since we can't control our own schedule or anything to do with what whether or not we will have a season, what improvements can we see, expect to see in the defense if the team gets a chance to play? Well, Clint, I think the new format of how BYU is going to go about things on defense should yield better results, you hope. They're going to play what is essentially a hybrid 4-2-5 defense. Uh, the fifth uh, defensive back is going to be that quote-unquote flash linebacker. You'll see Chaz Ayu, Kavika Fanua, who are going to be listed as safeties probably on the roster this year, but they're going to play that flash linebacker role where they're a little bit bigger than a typical safety and maybe a little bit uh, faster than your normal linebacker. So they play a hybrid role. Fred Warner is the poster child of that of that role for BYU, but they don't have a Fred Warner on this team. Chaz Ayu, on the other hand, that kid has next-level talent, and he should man the position, and I think that should yield some results for BYU. The biggest concern is, can they generate a pass rush? Not convinced we're going to see that quite yet, Clint. We're going to have to see if a player can step out during the season or even during fall camp here and prove they can be a reliable pass rush pass rush option for the Cougars. That's still very much to be determined. I like the pieces that BYU has outside of the pass rush right now on defense. 
The issue is, who's calling the defense, and will that drop eight scheme just be banned to hell forever? I apologize for the, the explicit language there, but the drop eight scheme, it needs to go away. BYU needs to play more aggressive on defense. I don't believe for, for a second that Kalani Sitake enjoyed that drop eight scheme last year. He is too aggressive. He is too involved on defense to allow that to continue to be the philosophy for BYU's defense. So maybe that alone. Kalani Sitake's over extended influence on the defense should yield a more aggressive defense and hopefully that by extension Clint gives us a better look at what this defense can be. Derek Neville also weighing in on Facebook saying I'm worried they won't have anyone to play. Going back to Joey Durborough's comment uh, earlier Derek BYU is going to have games to play. That's the biggest thing is they will have games to play. Athletic directors around the country understand the power of the BYU brand. Even if fans can't go to games in the stands, they know the eyeballs with ESPN on BYU's side, as well as just BYU fans tuning in from all over the country and even worldwide will yield results for them and get them the eyeballs that they crave. Exposure is kind of the, the buzzword when it comes to that. So I think, Derek, you don't have to worry about BYU not having anybody to play. Not having anybody in the Power 5 to play, now that's a concern. But at this point, you pretty much take what you can get. This is going to be a crazy season. There's still so many unknowns. As I said earlier, BYU's really only planned out one week of fall camp to this point. They're very much taking things day by day. If COVID-19 rears its ugly head once again in the program, you can guarantee they'll shut things back down and let things die down before they get going again. They're being very careful, very cautious, but they're also preparing as if they're going to play games this fall. So don't worry about the season being canceled outright, barring, like I said, a government shutdown. They're going to play games, and they will be ready to go whenever they get the green light to play those games. Uh, so there you go. Some of the thoughts from you guys weighing in on that. A big thank you for you guys weighing in on social media. I love interacting with you guys. So like I said, search out the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Locked On Cougars. Love getting your guys' thoughts, your concerns, your comments, whatever you're thinking about the BYU football program, basketball program, and pretty much any other program inside the BYU Athletic Department or even outside of that. You guys want to know about my life? Feel free to reach out anytime. My personal Twitter feed, if you want to reach out there, is Jacob C. Hatch. And of course, as I say all the time, you can email the show anytime locked on byu at gmail.com feel free to weigh in anytime i am looking for somebody to do fan friday with this week so if you are interested in being a guest host on the podcast reach out and let us know love to have you guys on the show all right uh we'll catch up on the player countdown series as well as some other byu do's and notes here in just a second uh one thing before we do that though I want to request of you guys, and if you guys are interested in doing so, we'd love to have you guys as a sponsor here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. You've heard me talk a lot recently about about companies like Built Bar, our good friends over at rockauto.com. Bringing it closer to home, All Guard Pest Control as well as Biomat USA are companies right here in our literal backyard in the Wasatch Front. If you guys would like to reach thousands, and I mean this sincerely, thousands of BYU fans on a daily basis, We'd love to have you guys on board with Locked On Cougars. Reach out. Use the email address I just gave to you, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. Would love to get you guys involved with us, sponsoring your your company on this podcast. Like I said, getting in front of thousands of BYU fans, and not just here locally along the Wasatch Front. Our reach expands globally. We've got people listening in Hong Kong, in the Philippines, in Europe. We were on the Bulgaria top charts for iTunes recently. 
There are BYU fans everywhere listening to this podcast. We would love to represent your brand, your product, or your company right here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. So feel free to reach out if you are interested in doing so. Very competitive advertising rates. And like I said, get you in front of thousands of unique listeners each and every day. Reach out. Let us know if we can help you guys out. That's LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Love to have you guys on board with us here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. As we wrap up the Tuesday edition of the show, let's run down the latest in our player countdown series. Yesterday, we caught you up on numbers 34, 33, and 32, finishing off Jimmer Fredette. Well, yesterday was 31 days away from the start of what BYU was expecting to kick off their college football season. Today would be in 30 days. We'll catch up on both of those right now. Let's start off with number 31. Some good players in this group. At number 31, we have former BYU star forward Ken Roberts. He, of course, the guy who had the great uh, flat-top haircut when he played for the Cougars. I, I believe Vanquish the Foe back in the day wrote a story about how the fact it was an inspiration for the author of that story to have a flat-top when he was a younger young man and obviously an inspiration to a number of BYU fans. Ken Roberts, a fantastic player. Former BYU linebacker Sai Tautu, a guy who played for both uh, Bronco Mendenhall as well as Kalani Sitake. Went on to spend some time in the pro game. I think never really lived up to the billing he had coming out of Lone Peak High School there in the mid-2010s, uh, but still a good player nonetheless for the Cougars. Very solid, very reliable and a contributor, and that's all you can really ask for from a number of guys in a BYU uniform. Former BYU guard Matt Montague also on this list, as well as former BYU Johnny Linehan, the punter himself. Of course, Linehan, a very outspoken individual, does a lot of fun things on social media. I don't think anything will ever top his rendition of what, punters or cowboys or whatever that that YouTube viral sensation video was. Johnny He'll always have that 4th and 19 from the end zone at Boise State, that fake punt that just blew up in BYU's face. The fact that they even called that or if it was a decision on Johnny Linehan's part to audible to that, I don't know. But the decision to just even try that in any way, shape, or form, for regardless of who made the call, will live on an in infamy for BYU football fans. But Johnny Linehan... A guy who absolutely had a boot and also was a star for the BYU rugby program in his own right. Won a national championship with the BYU rugby program before transitioning to football. Actually owns a 77-yard punt uh, as a BYU Cougar. A great player, a great ambassador for the university, and still is very outspoken to this day about BYU. Well, in terms of the voting for the fan vote, we had Ken Roberts versus Johnny Linehan. It was what it really came down to. Ken Roberts, as of recording, with just under 48% of the vote, 47.8%. Johnny Linehan, 39.1%. And I have to say, those two are probably the two strongest candidates in this field. Nothing against Sai Tautu and Matt Montague. Both of them solid players with 6.5% of the vote each. But, but my pick is Ken Roberts as the best Cougar to wear the number 31 in BYU history. I expect that once Johnny Linehan hears about this or hears this himself, I'm expecting multiple tweets elaborating on why he should have been the pick here. And Johnny, I love you, but watching what Ken Roberts did in a BYU uniform, as a young man for me growing up in the 1990s, Ken Roberts was all that in a bag of chips. Like I said, that flat top haircut, I never got one. I couldn't convince my mom to do it. She wouldn't let me do it, but 
Still, there are probably hundreds of BYU fans who grew up in that era that had a flat top at one point in their life. They can look back at those pictures. And it's probably due in part to a guy like Ken Roberts, who just was an absolute stud. A two-time all-whack honoree, really was just a standout player. A local kid from Bingham High School, went to BYU, 6'8", 210 pounds, and really starred for BYU when the program was seemingly on the downslide. He graduated just before BYU had the disastrous 1996-1997 season, the 1-25 year, but he was an all-whack honoree, first-team honoree the year before that. Just a stud of a BYU basketball player. And Ken Roberts, I I think, this is just my opinion, I'm going with a fan vote here. An easy pick is the best Cougar to have worn the number 31. Now let's get to today's athlete at number 30. Some great players in that field as well. We had former BYU forward slash guard Lee Kamard, former BYU running back Jeff Blanc, former and then two brothers, the Mitchell brothers, both Brian and Patrick Mitchell. Brian, obviously the headliner of those two brothers, played for the Cougars in the late 90s to the late 80s to the early 90s star that went on to play in the NFL has been a coach all over the country after his playing days concluded but his younger brother Patrick Mitchell who played for the Cougars from 1991 to 1994 had plenty of good stats in his own right so the Mitchell family was very good to the Cougars for what eight or so years there and uh, as you would expect Brian Mitchell took most of the votes away from his younger brother Patrick because he's the better known of the two brothers, but it was a head-to-head battle between Lee Kamard and Brian Mitchell, and it was just back and forth as the poll played out. As it stands, uh, Brian Mitchell has a, has a narrow, narrow lead as of recording of this podcast with 46.9% of the vote to Lee Kamard's 45.4%. We're talking literally 1% and change in difference. By the time this poll ends and this podcast is done and put to bed, It probably will have changed once again. It's really been going back and forth. But regardless, two great players, speaking of both Lee Kamard and Brian Mitchell, going head-to-head in this. And I had a hard time deciding here because I kind of went back and forth. It's like, I loved watching Lee Kamard. He was a feisty competitor, just lanky as all get-out playing for the Cougars, but just left his heart and soul on the basketball court. It's kind of strange to me that his pro career didn't take off overseas. It felt like his game would just naturally lend itself to playing overseas, but didn't work out. And he's now currently an assistant coach for Jeff Judkins with the BYU Women's Basketball Program. And his great work as an assistant coach. He's been a good recruiter, spending a year, the final year of Dave Rose's tenure. Lee Kamard was assistant with that program and then latched on with uh, Jeff Judkins when the coaching change came for the men's program. And he's been a great ambassador for the university in his own right. But then I come to Brian Mitchell, and Brian Mitchell was a guy that my dad raves about his ability on the football field. I barely remember much about Brian Mitchell actually playing. I was alive, but very young when he was playing for the Cougars. But he, according to my father, was one of the best defensive backs to come out of BYU in years. He played for the Cougars from 1987 to 1990, pretty much coincided with the entire run of Ty Detmer then went on to play in the NFL with the Atlanta Falcons. And for his career, 120 total tackles, one sack, one quarterback hit, three fumble recoveries, but more importantly, 14 interceptions. 5'10", 165-pound athlete from Waco, Texas. I believe Waco High School, if I'm not mistaken. And Brian Mitchell, I'm telling you guys, was all that in a bag of chips for the Cougars on defense. It was just an absolute stud on the football field. Also ran track in the offseason for the BYU men's track program. And... 
I'm telling you guys, I had a hard time deciding on this, who I was going to pick of these two, but I got to go with my heart. I'm going with Brian Mitchell as the best Cougar to wear the number 30. Lee Kamard, I apologize. It's similar to Johnny Linehan, but I had to go with a guy that I thought was the best Cougar to have worn that number. You guys may disagree. That's what I love about this podcast is having some fun with you guys and debating these back and forth. So feel free to reach out on social media. Let us know what you guys think of these because we're having fun with it. Uh, Utah Sports at local Utah Sports weighed in on both of these polls we talked about today. The funny one about number 31 is he made me chuckle is because he said Britton Hoop, speaking of Britton Johnson, still gets my vote because he was a former BYU fan with the, uh, the hands up in the air emoji. And it's not surprising. Britton Johnson, Murray High School, played for Utah, obviously. But their sister, of course, has been a coach at BYU for a number of years. And the Johnson family forever ingrained in the BYU-Utah rivalry. And I think that's a pretty funny tip there. And they also said that Brian Mitchell was so good, speaking of the fan vote on number 30. And I'm going with Brian Mitchell, the best Cougar to have worn the number 30. So we went with one BYU former BYU basketball star and Ken Robertson, number 31, and Brian Mitchell at number 30. Tomorrow we break into the 20s, number 29. I can guarantee you there's one name out there that BYU fans will be voting for, and that's the name of Jamal Willis, one of the best runners in BYU history at running back. We'll get to that on tomorrow's podcast. And a big thank you once again for joining us each and every day here on Locked On Cougars. It's a big credit to you guys for your support of this podcast. Love talking BYU sports with you guys each and every day. And hopefully you guys are all doing well, staying home, staying safe. Wear those masks when you're out in public so that way you can be safe in that regard as well. Have a great rest of your Tuesday whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for August 4th, 2020. We'll catch you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow.